This is a Federal News Network podcast. The coronavirus pandemic has accelerated the Postal Service's financial problems and the urgency for Congress to fix them. The Government Accountability Office and the USPS Inspector General both say the first step to reform is redefining the agency's universal service obligation. That is to deliver mail to every address six days a week. The Postal Regulatory Commission has also suggested as much. For more, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with the commission's chairman, Robert Taub. The Government Accountability Office just came out with a report earlier this month that examined these fundamental public policy problems in the realm of the Postal Service and the Postal Service issue area. And in many ways, I think they crystallized what many of us, whether uh, folks in the Postal Service's Independent Office of Inspector General have been saying for years, or those of us at the Postal Regulatory Commission, even the Postal Service itself, and other parties who have looked at this, that we really got to look at the basic fundamental questions before we can move on. Mail volume is going in the wrong direction when it comes to the bread and butter of the Postal Service, which is their letter mail volume that's been in steady decline. The Postal Service has said that what they have lost to electronic diversion is a permanent and fundamental shift in use by households and businesses. Obviously, as we know, package volume has been a bright spot for the Postal Service, but it is not as profitable, shall we say, as a letter. It takes much more, uh, you know, two to three packages to cover what's there in the in the letter. And before the pandemic, the Postal Service was starting to see over the last year actually some degradation in what has historically for a few years before that been increases in package volume. So given the trend lines, the fundamentals were clear. The Postal Service itself said even before the pandemic that if they continue to default on their obligations to the government, they expected to run out of liquidity in just a few years. And so the business model, as we call it, really is unsustainable given their obligations for their future retiree health benefits and to their retirees, given that despite taking many costs out of the system, costs are increasing. This is a model that has to look at. So going back to the GAO point on all that, GAO really said, look, we've got to focus on three key areas. The first and foremost is defining what is our mission to the American public. This is something that we need clarity on because only then, once you have the clarity of what is specifically the universal service obligation to our fellow citizens for the Postal Service, can you then figure out how are you going to finance that? Because then you know what the costs are. And then you can then make sure you have a, a governance model, a business model that then accommodates that. So those are really the key areas. And you know, we at the commission are somewhat agnostic as to what that definition should be. We just are very concerned that we're in a world right now where it is not defined. And without that clarity of mission, we can't be sure that we're making decisions. When I say we, uh, we as a nation, that the Postal Service is getting the funding it needs to meet America's postal needs. Drilling down a little bit further into what you were saying about the GAO and the IG reports looking at the USO, they really did frame this in a context of what's happening across the world with other postal services in looking at 
this world view of postal services. Are there any lessons learned that the USPS can glean from all this? Sure. And I'd say not only the USPS glean, but we in the United States of America can glean. Uh, you know, we always, and uh, rightfully so, like to think of ourselves in many cases as a world leader in sectors of how, uh, whether it's airline or telecommunications or you name it, how are these various economic sectors are operating within the United States and regulated and things of that nature. When it comes to postal, we really are the world's laggards. Many other countries, certainly all the industrialized nations in Europe and Asia, have already worked through, if not years before, decades before us, this fundamental question of how do we structure our postal administrations in a much more competitive environment? How do we do so in a way that ensures their citizens are getting the services that each nation expects they receive in terms of uh, postal services? They've done that in the same way that we would demand here to have a fundamental commitment to our fellow citizens' postal needs. And so as posts they're going through the same challenges our postal services, declining letter volume, uh, increased package volume. They and their countries can keep their eye on the ball to know, okay, what is the scope of services that their citizens need and must get? And right now, we don't have that. So we have the Postal Service in its recent five-year plan suggesting that they should expand beyond a hard copy into digital products and services. Others suggest that Postal Service should proceed even further into other sectors, such as banking services. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got parties that say the Postal Service really should start to get out of competitive markets and just focus on those that are not competitive. Again, myself and we at the Commission, we're agnostic on that point. We just feel that there needs to be clarity of what we expect of the Postal Service. The lesson I think we can learn from other nations is, sure, there are different sizes and scope and scale of their post offices, but they've all worked through well before us that fundamental commitment to ensuring that their citizens' postal needs are met, and we need to do that. It's 2020. The volumes are clear. The reality is clear. We need to do this with a clear mind and not a uh, perspective of what the Postal Service and the Post Office might have been in previous centuries and decades, but what it is today and what it is that we need to ensure it meets our fellow citizens' needs. And this whole conversation about long-term postal reform has been, as you well know, going on for years now. And just catch me up a little bit with where things are right now with the 10-year rate-setting review for the Postal Service. The last time our nation fundamentally changed our postal laws was uh, 14 years ago in 2006. And as part of that change to the law, it put in place a tight price cap system for the Postal Service for most of their letter and flat products, what we call market dominant mail. And the law said after 10 years of operating under that particular price cap system, the commission would look back at that 10 years of experience and evaluate whether was meeting uh, the objectives of the law. There's nine somewhat conflicting objectives that the system is designed to achieve. And if it isn't, we are then to move out and propose by regulation and put in place a new system. We went through that process with extensive notice and comment, and we concluded that indeed the system 
was not meeting the objectives of the law. And so we proposed a change to that. After uh, another round of hundreds of comments and input from the public, we revised that proposal uh, and issued that revised proposal this past December. And yet again, had a, a very healthy comment period that closed just a couple months ago. And so we now at the commission are digesting all those comments on our latest proposal. Uh, we are intending to try to finalize a rule, hopefully sometime this year, but we obviously want to do so in a way that reflects the input we receive. So uh, we're working hard to achieve that. So I guess the bottom line is stay tuned. Robert Taub, chairman of the Postal Regulatory Commission, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.